It is a blessing to be back. I can't remember if actually uh, my wife and I were here for a presentation meeting or not. I think we just stopped by one day to visit uh, Pastor Williams and see the print shop. Brother Brett, we did get to go and see the print shop in person that one time we stopped by. And, uh, but it's an honor to be able to, to stand before you and come kind of as Sam Sanderlin's ambassador, if I can put it that way. Do pray for him as they're busily getting ready to go to Cameroon this Sunday. I'll be driving them down to Chicago, and uh, so please pray for them as they get resettled. How many of you realize what they've gone through the last few years, two or three years, with trying to get back to Cameroon and trying to learn French and just one thing after another? So I'm, I come as his ambassador and uh, thank you for supporting them and pray for them and keep in touch with them. They think a lot of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. They really do. And uh, so he wants, wanted me to pass on his greetings to you. So I'll also bring greetings from my bride, my wife. She's back in Oshkosh. She's definitely the better half of me. And, um, but I, I don't like traveling without her. But Brother Bob, you're, you're not a good substitute for my wife. <laughs> but... Uh, but this, this particular visit to Rapid City definitely is a special honor for me. And uh, you'll pardon me if I get choked up, because the Lord has really brought this ministry just, I want to say full circle, bringing Bob back to his brother Larry, who taught him how to fly. And uh, these books that we brought that Pastor mentioned, are hot off the press. They just got in Oshkosh yesterday, so Bob wanted to come over and surprise and hand deliver one to his brother that the Lord used, really, to start the ball rolling for where we are today. If it wasn't for Larry teaching Bob how to fly, then he never would have gone down this track. And so really, um, we just want to give credit, we're, give honor where honor is due. And uh, so thank you, Larry, for you didn't even know that the Lord was using you back then to prepare you for helping Bob. And, and we could just go on and on about how the Lord has prepared me too, but this isn't about me tonight. It's about what the Lord has done and uh, bringing the Wings ministry to where we are today. And um, so please, if you, if you want a book, they are $15. We're not just... This isn't just a book fair, a book show. It's really an opportunity to let you get in on what God is doing. And when you read about how God led in his life, God can do the same in your life. I could, I could come and point at every one of you in the pew tonight. Because this is where God gets his missionaries. He gets his missionaries not from the the school across the country. He doesn't get his missionaries from the church across town. He doesn't get his missionaries from the pew on the other side of church. He gets his missionaries from the seat that you're sitting in. You get that? Missionaries are just normal people that God has called and that have surrendered for to, surrendered to serve him. Just like pastor. I would have loved to be in on that testimony. I didn't, I didn't get the full sense of it, Pastor Brooks, but I'm getting, I'm getting an idea of, of how the Lord has worked, and it's really precious to me. 
I could, I could go on, but we're kind of limited in our time. Um, let me just kind of give you a bit of a, a brief report, generally, of where the Wings Ministry is. Say, please talk to Bob after, and, um, and uh, kind of pick his brain. Um, but just the last, I want to say the last couple of years. Let me go ahead and start back uh, briefly. I was in Canada for 11 years as a missionary up in northern Saskatchewan. Brother Warner had actually brought mission trips up to Canada when we were there, and uh, we were there for 11 years, and then I came on board with the Wings Ministry in 2002, and Pastor, uh, Brother, Pastor Warner, Brother Warner passed the baton uh, of the directorship to me in 2010, and we've been honored to serve ever since. Um, these last couple of years have been a, a real challenge. The focus of the ministry is taking short-term mission trips, people just like you to the mission field, that has not been very possible the last couple of years. Can I say that? But I've often made the statement that even though our methods have had to change a little bit, our calling is still the same, and that's taking the gospel. We've had to focus a little closer, a little closer to home, whether it's our, my neighbor two doors down or another neighbor a, a few blocks around the corner and trying to reach out to her. But the Lord is using us. We were able to have our flight camp again this year, our meeting in the air that Brother Petroco came to, and uh, it was a real blessing to have him in Oshkosh. Let me just make the plug for the flight camp, if I can. Brother Warner, since the inception of the ministry, has had a vision for training missionary pilots, training young men how to fly and to serve the Lord with that particular skill. Kind of where we are in that vision today is we have a training aircraft. We don't have a full-time instructor, but what we do have is a flight camp that was started back in 2003, and uh, we've run it 18 years straight, except for last year, but 18 years we've had the flight camp, and it's an excellent opportunity for young men. I talked to Luke and to Hudson already. I made the mistake of telling Luke we don't go fishing and, and swimming, but he likes to fish. But uh, So maybe I lost you there, I don't know. But, um, but the flight camp, we, uh, it's a real opportunity to challenge young men to serve the Lord, whether or not it includes an airplane. But we give the young men four hours flying and then introduction into aircraft maintenance, visiting missionaries and preachers that come. And we find it's a real encouraging opportunity to challenge these young men to serve the Lord. So if you're here tonight, a young man between 14 and 20 years old, talk to us and we'd be happy to tell you more about that flight camp. It's also on our website and uh, so we'd encourage you to look into that. We think it's a good thing. That's why we keep doing it. And uh, so we're excited about that. Um, just this last year, we actually did do one mission trip down to Louisiana. After Hurricane Laura came through, we took a team down to help a couple of churches recover from some of the devastation that they suffered. Uh, I have had the opportunity to take this little airplane that we brought today and uh, to take it and visiting pastors and encouraging other ministries around. And this particular airplane that, that Brother Jeff and Pastor saw at the airport is hopefully going to be going to Cameroon either this fall but more likely next spring to be ferried over there. Uh, some of the video footage that you saw of the landing in the grass, the, the grass strip in the jungle, that was actually Brother Sanderlin flying, flying that airplane. Um, but this will be a third aircraft going to Cameroon. You may know that Brother Sanderlin's airplane is 
is kind of been uh, taken hostage up in the disputed areas, so this will be another airplane that he and Tom Needham will be able to use there in Cameroon. And uh, so be in prayer about that. If you would like to receive our, our email newsletter, you can sign up on the table. Feel free to visit our display table in the foyer. There's actually a QR code you can scan with your phone and just sign up on the spot for the newsletter as well. And um, so feel free to, to look into that as well. Wow. Let me get a drink of water. Think of a question you may, it, it's right here. But think of a question that you may want to ask after I drink my water, and we'll be happy to talk a little more. <laughs> Any questions at all about the Wings Ministry, what we do, who we are, where we go? Any at all before we open the Word? None at all. Feel free. Yes, Vicki? How did you sign up to go on? Okay, good question. We actually have in our track in our rack there, we have a mission trip interest survey card. You can fill that out and give it to me. We put you on the uh, kind of in a database where I can look through. But more effectively, Vicki is really getting our newsletter. This isn't just a, a publicity call, but, um, but getting our newsletter and we'll put in our newsletter our upcoming mission trips. And um, so some of those are local here in North America. Uh, periodically, we will take a mission team to Cameroon. Pray that that opens up. Right now, Cameroon is closed, but we're kind of getting rumblings that it may be opening up. We don't know what that's going to look like with the COVID things, but sign up for the newsletter, and, uh, and we'll put the trip opportunities there. We actually have a couple trips to Texas that we're wanting to take as soon as the, the engine is back on the airplane. And thank you, let me just say thank you so much for the gift for the engine. It's been incredible and overwhelming to me of how the Lord is supplying. Uh, for years, I've been wondering, when are we going to have another engine overhaul? Is this going to kill the ministry? I mean, this is going to be expensive. And it's, it was really kind of this cloud over me. And uh, to be responsible for raising the money or whatnot, not knowing how it's going to happen. But can I say, the Lord's been bringing in the money faster than I can work on the airplane. I mean, I could go through and chronicle how that's come. The dust hasn't settled yet. We don't have the engine back. We don't have all the bills. But right now, with, with your gift in my pocket, that takes us over, you're sitting down, that takes us over $85,000 that's been pledged. I think got to be careful how loud I say this. I think that may be enough to cover the engine overhaul. Amen. It's an airplane. You don't know until it's done. But I just praise the Lord for how, he, how he's bringing that in. And God gets all the credit for that. Amen. It's not me. It's not Brother Warner. Yep. It's God's people. And, uh, and I just praise, praise the Lord and, and brag on God is really what I'm doing. He's providing. So with that in mind, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. When you saw the video, it made an impression on you, didn't it? And uh, it did on me. Um, when you see, the, uh, you see the children, you see the, the young people there, you see some of the fields. It's one thing to have a, have a missionary come and talk to you about a mission field. It's another thing to, to see a video or see pictures but it's a whole other experience, again, to see the mission field with your very own eyes and experience it. And that's really where the Wings Ministry comes in.
And if we just have a springboard jump off point from Lamentations chapter three, there's a lot of good passages in this chapter, but we're gonna to go to verse, 20, verse 51. Lamentations 3.51 that just says very simply, mine eye affecteth mine heart. Now it says, because of all the daughters of my city. And Jeremiah, we know, was called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah had a lot of problems in his ministry. Sometimes we think we have problems. Jeremiah had problems. You go and read about what he went through, and uh, it was just incredible. And one of the things that he experienced was seeing the devastation and the ravaging of his city and his country, Jerusalem and, and Israel being, and Judah just being ravaged by King Nebuchadnezzar when he came and, and tore up the country and took away the best of the people. And Nebuchadnezzar, if you, if you look in the different passages around that time, Nebuchadnezzar took all the best and just left the, the poor and the lame. He left people, the farmers, to uh, just to take care of the poorest of the people. And when, when Jeremiah saw his people hurting, it affected his heart. That's really why the Wings Ministry exists today. Right, Brother Warner? You had as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had taken a mission trip down to Mexico, and God burdened your heart with what you saw and you had a, then a burden to help get pastors and church people out to the mission field where God could do the very same thing with them. And we've seen that happen over and over and over again, over 259 times, I think, so far, or 253 mission trips that we've taken. I get affected by what I see. Every time I look at a picture of my family, I see my wife, my heart goes pitter-patter. It really does. Yours should too, uh, when you see a picture of your wife. So let me just clarify that. That was planned, but. <laughs> what I'd like to do though is look in scripture and I'm gonna go quickly and pointedly to a head in this particular message. If we look at different examples in Scripture, there's a number of times where people's hearts were affected by what they saw. And, if, and the passages are going to be familiar, so I'm just going to kind of hit and run each of them, but try to make an application with each one. The first one we see in Genesis chapter 1. There's only one person that existed in that, in that chapter at the beginning, and that was God. When we see that God in his creation, day one, he created the light. He separated the light from the darkness, and God saw the light, that it was good. God was satisfied with his creation. I know God's a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, but God had a heart. And when God saw, we see the picture, when God saw the light, he was satisfied with his creation. Amen. Is God satisfied with me and with you? His heart is affected by what he sees in your life and in my life. We go to Genesis chapter 3. We see another couple whose hearts were affected by what they saw. And in particular, it was Eve. We see that in the Garden of Eden, God had made everything that was good for food. But there was one tree that God made that God had a, a consequence if they ate of that. 
the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were not to eat of that particular tree, right? And what did Satan tell Eve? Hath God said, ye shall not eat? Well, of course he had. But she, he got Eve to question and got her to then gaze on that that was forbidden to her. Are there things in your life that are forbidden to you? There are. I already mentioned one. When I see my wife, my heart goes pitter-patter. She's mine. Your wife is yours. Your wife is forbidden to me. And my wife is forbidden to you. You see the application here? Eve, when she was in the Garden of Eden, she looked at that which was good to look on, but she began to gaze on it, and she began to desire that thing that was forbidden for her to take part in. She had that, de that desire to be like God. We see in 1 John chapter 2, these three things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all three of these were brought to it in evil and wicked fruition when Eve took that fruit in the Garden of Eden. She let her eyes fix on that and gaze on that which was forbidden to her. Her heart was affected by what her eyes saw. I want us to fast forward now to Genesis chapter 13 where we see Abram and Lot that were together and they had all their flocks in the field and in the pasture. You know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how that Abram and Lot, Abram told Lot that you choose where you want to to feed your flock, and I'll take the rest. Abram really said that because he knew that God would take care of him. And we see that Lot lifted up his eyes and looked on the fields, that they were well watered everywhere. I think Abram and Lot, I know this is a bit of a conjecture, but I think they were probably well-versed and, and uh, well-traveled in the land enough to know what Sodom and Gomorrah were like. And Lot probably thought, you know, I can handle this. He chose to pitch his tent toward Sodom. Are we tempted sometimes to say, it's okay. I can, I can cozy, I can get a little closer to the edge without going over. You know, when you're up in the mountains, there's a guardrail. My wife and I drove the, the, the Trail Ridge Road up in the Rocky Mountain National Park. How many of you have been on that road? It's a pretty cool road. There's no guardrails on it, though, so you've got to be careful. But, but maybe, maybe you think that when, when it comes to temptations and things of the world that you can take part in a little bit, but you won't fall over. Maybe Lot felt that same way. But Lot had this desire for the good life, the easy life. It was going to be a lot easier to feed his flocks there in those well-watered plains. And we see where it took him. It was a progression. He pitched his tent. The next time we saw him actually in the gates, he was sitting in the gate. He became one of them, or at least a well-respected member of that wicked, wicked community. And what did it get Lot? He lost his family, he lost his possessions, he lost his purity. I'll bet you that he would have wished he had made a better decision earlier on. 
but it was too late. Young people particularly. I see a lot of young people here tonight. Young meaning younger than me. (laughs) You have an opportunity to make a right decision for which you will not regret in the future. You talk to the the wiser members of the, of the congregation tonight, and they could tell you it's a lot better not to make those decisions that would take you down the wrong road. Amen. 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 That's good. There's one more, and I'll try to get through. This is probably the, the most um, applicable part of the message that I come to, and it's Joshua and Caleb. I'm going to breeze through it because I've got one more. Joshua and Caleb, we see that they were two of 12 spies that went into the promised land. And when they went into the promised land, every one of those spies saw the very same thing, didn't they? They also saw the land that was flowing with milk and honey, that had the, the grapes, but they also all saw the giants. And yet, I know I'm going fast, but when they came back to the children of Israel, to the nation, they reported to Moses and to Aaron and reported, or yeah, and reported what they saw, they had two different reports. Joshua and Caleb came back with a vision for the victory that God had given them. And they said, we can take, we can, we, we can take this land. Yes, the people are as giants and we're as grasshoppers, but God has given us the victory. And yet the other 10 spies, when they came back, they said, they'll eat us up. We can't do it. They had to, they just saw the defeat that was ready for them. And my question as we jump off of here is, what made the difference between the two? I really think it had to do with their relationship and their closeness to God before they ever went into the promised land. Every one of us are going to face situations. We're all going to see things with our eyes And it's so easy to make that application today with television and the internet and your phone and and your computer. There's so many things that come across you that you can't prevent. But how will you respond? How will you respond? Will you be drawn away of your own temptations, drawn away of your own lusts and enticed? And lust, when it hath conceived, bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death, we read in James. Or will, be, will we be like the psalmist and said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Will it, will it drive us closer to the Savior, to the Lord? That's what it should do when we say things like that. If our heart is right with the Lord, that will be the effect. I want to caution us tonight. Every one of us have eyes to see. And every one of us have ears to hear. Brother Warner and I were just talking as we were flying today, talking about everything you see going on in the world today. And it's amazing the polarization that you see in our society, in our culture. And this isn't a political message, but there's such a division. And, you know, I just had this sense that both sides believe they're right. But we're all seeing the same thing. You know, it was the case back in Jesus' day too. 
Jesus made the comment in Matthew chapter 13, talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, they have eyes to see, yet they do not see. They have ears to hear, yet they do not hear. The gospel is free and open. The gospel is published. And really, it depends on me and you to publish that, to be that, to be that gospel witness. Jeff, I appreciate you sharing your testimony at the airport today. That encouraged me. I love how hearing how people come to the Lord. But how is the world going to hear? Lots of people have their eyes closed. They have their ears covered. But, you know, they're certainly not going to see and not going to hear if we don't give that gospel witness. That depends on me and, me and you. There's one other person whose heart was affected by what his eyes saw, and that was Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says that Jesus looked on the multitudes and had compassion on them. I'm glad he had compassion on me. Levi, is that right? Levi, Jesus saw you too. Has compassion on you. We also see him. And how is our heart affected by what we see in Christ? It would be easy to assume since you're in church on Sunday night that you know Christ is your Savior. But that could be a false assumption. Jesus died for you. Jesus saw you and died on the cross of Calvary so that you could have salvation. But when you see him tonight, how is your heart affected? Do you see Jesus as just a good teacher, as just a rabbi, a good reason to come to church, a good reason to, to, to wear a label? Or do you see Jesus as the Savior of the world and your only hope of eternal life? That's why he died for you and died for me. My friend, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, make that right tonight. And don't just be de- deterred by thinking that maybe somebody would be embarrassed or maybe I'd be embarrassed if somebody thought I was saved. Trust him tonight. I want to thank you for, uh, for your support of the Wings Ministry, for Brother Warner, for the, Brother Sanderlin, the engine. And I look forward to putting that in the newsletter here real soon that it's back up and running. And, uh, but God bless you here at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. And keep shining the, the gospel light bright. And uh, you've got a lighthouse at the press, Brother Brett. And uh, make sure that gospel continues to go out. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Pastor, I'm going to have you come and close the service. But it's been an honor to come and, and share a little bit about what God is doing.